0: Here we go, this is Todd Adams. Are you making fun of me? This is Kathy
1: Adams. I had to point out to Todd that he does do
0: every week now. It's whole rhythm. I know, you got it. Zen Parenting Radio, this is episode number one hundred and eighty-four, and Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. That's me. You're the you're the mom. We have three daughters, ages six, nine, and eleven, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember, sweetie. I'll remember. What is our mantra? Our motto. motto?
1: is the best predictor of a child's success. That nah. is a parent's self-understanding. The
0: best predictor of a child's well-being. Well-being is but a parent's self. My definition
1: of success is well-being. My definition of success is not a job and money. It's. Somewhere. I've been
0: reading that motto for like five months, and you don't have it memorized. No, I have it memorized, but you don't. I do, but success and well-being are synonymous to me. You're synonymous with you. (laughs) Um, So this is going to be an interesting show because at the very end of the show, we're going to put on 45 seconds of silliness from our daughters.
1: Our daughters and their friends decided they thought it'd be funny to come down here and tape their own show. It doesn't make any sense. It's
0: a 45-second show, but I'm trying to encourage them to be one with Zen Parenting Radio because they really have zero interest in what we do.
1: <laughs> and so if they come, so we've told them to stay away from this equipment because we have the studio in our basement, but when they recorded a show, we were like, we're like, okay. okay. <laughs>
0: and we're trying to spin it into maybe something meaningful, but this first installment of whatever it is, is not going to be very meaningful.
1: Well, they wrote it though. They, they did. Wrote a, they had know.
0: a little skit. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so this, these are our topics. We're going to do yet one more follow-up to Hobby Lobby. Charles.
1: Okay, yes.
0: And that's important. Um, and we're going to talk about gaps. I got gaps. You got gaps. We all got gaps. Together, we got gaps. Um, and then a new feature to our show. I haven't told you about this, sweetie. Oh, boy. It's called a hit and run. Aye. Hit and run Hit and run topics. Basically, I'm just going to say things that I have thought of in the last week and hear... What you think about
1: that. Okay, I like it. I like it's kind of like speed round.
0: Mm-hmm. Speed round. Lightning round. And right before I press record for the show, you said, I don't have anything.
1: <laughs> well, I said, What are we talking about? Right. Because I have a blank piece of paper in front of me. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. You got your brain. I got my brain. That's what you got. And I've got my glass of water.
0: And I know what we're promoting too. I'm very organized okay, regarding the promotion it. at the end. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore our listeners oh. with that.
1: So let's start talking. Play.
0: Uh, first, I want to talk about our partner. Oh, go ahead. Tree of Life Chiropractic here. Dr. Kelly, she has the uh, Chiropractic Glow for July. So basically, that means uh, any customers that walk in there get a free uh, bracelet, and if they give that to somebody who comes in, they get a free first exam. We're
1: going tomorrow. You're not?
0: I might go tomorrow. You? Oh. My my plans may have changed. Oh, good. Regarding work, so we'll see what happens. And then Dr. Kelly also has a uh, workshop on August 12th, and that will be on the show notes. And it's regarding the technology she uses to give us adjustments.
1: Oh, you know who loves that? Who? Cameron. She's always like, When can I get scans again? That's right. I'm like, You don't need them.
0: So, Dr. Kelly, she works, uh, she owns a business called uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Their number is 630 941 8733, chirotree.com. So, let's let's first start with Charles and Hobby Lobby.
1: Why don't you just play it?
0: Um, Okay, I will play it. Because,
1: again, this is this voice messaging system we have on our website, so zenparentingradio.com, and people are using it. Basically, you just go there, and instead of having to write us an email, you say us, you say us. You say us. You say us. You speak to us. And so Todd's going to play this, and then we'll talk about it.
0: That's right. So uh, here we go with Charles, our buddy.
2: Hi, Todd and Kathy. My name is Charles, and I sent you an email about this topic, but I thought I'd call in as well. I just wanted to say that I believe that Kathy has a misunderstanding about the what the motives might be of Hobby Lobby or someone who agrees with the Hobby Lobby decision. The motivation is not to prevent women from making their own choices, but to prevent employers from being forced to fund something that they consider morally objectionable. Hopefully, we can both agree that employer-funded health care is not a right, but a benefit. I hope that we could also agree that Employers should be free to offer or not offer benefits as they see fit. The Affordable Care Act makes it mandatory for employers who offer health care to include contraception. Since employer-funded health care is a benefit, this really does mean that this law is asking some employers to pay for something that they believe is immoral. Please consider whether Hobby Lobby is trying to control the decisions of women or simply control how they spend their own money. I love your podcast and all you do for us parents. Thank you a million times over, and God bless.
0: All right. So let me first set it up, okay. and then you you explain. Two weeks ago, we talked about hobby, the Supreme Court decision about Hobby Lobby and contraception, and then we followed up last week. And you came in with a very clear opinion mm-hmm. on what's right, not what's no, right. not what's
1: right, how I feel.
0: How you feel mm-hmm. on the way things are. Ought to be. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, On my opinion of how, I'll just say how I feel about it, Mm -hmm. the way I look at it.
0: Which was in a very tiny summation was...
1: Oh, I just felt, you know, I think Charles already said it. I I the way I was discussing it was I was feeling as if and I still do, as if women's rights are jeopardized mm-hmm. with this decision. So
0: Right. And then Charles is is coming at it with a different opinion. And so
1: here's the thing is he uh, Charles wrote us an email too and it was awesome. And the reason we wanted to play it is number one because I wanted him to I wanted people to hear what he had to say um and because of the way his email was, to me, it was so respectful and so thoughtful about how he shared his opinion and how he had heard me, And but he wanted to share his viewpoint. And then I, I wrote to him, I wrote back and shared my opinion that I had heard him and listened to him and read his email many times because I wanted to make sure like I completely was able to integrate what he was thinking. And here's the thing, nobody's right or wrong. What he is saying is exactly – well, first of all, it's his belief system, and that's how he views it. And what I said to him is as a – personally and professionally, and again, um, I'm a social worker If those for those of you who don't know that. And my time um, – well, and it, it's about my profession, but it's about me too. I just have seen the need for contraception for all women – for medical reasons for lifestyle reasons i don't think that there should be any um anything in their way of getting what they need right. because of the experiences i've had where i've seen what happens when it when we start to mess with that right but and i explained that to him i said you know the foundational principles here you and i don't agree on yeah. but i hear what you're saying and I appreciate you listening to me and thank you for listening to the show. And well,
0: and my bottom line is without getting in the details of, you know, which side of the two opinions you agree on, it's how it was disagreed upon. And it was disagreed upon with respect. Mm-hmm. Like we agree to disagree And you can look at parenting with this, regardless of any facet of your life. It's so easy to become emotional, to become judgmental, to look at somebody as we're not connected to them because they disagree with me we'd like to think that we're all connected.
1: Well, and I think the word that comes up for me is there's no reason when Charles tells me what he's feeling, there's no reason for me to be defensive about it. He, That's what I mean about the way he presented himself. He was saying, listen, you know, Kathy, I want you to hear this other side because I don't think you understand their viewpoint. He listened to me and he heard the way I was saying it and he's like, I want you to hear the way that I view this and the way that many others view this. And I hear him. It doesn't change my opinion. What it does is it gives me greater awareness Mm -hmm. into how people are thinking and helps me maybe understand how I can talk to people more effectively Mm -hmm. and how I can understand people and respect where they're
0: coming from. Well, and it's like, you know, if you ever watch the talking heads on any of the news stations, I mean, all they do is whoever yells louder, totally, whoever yells loudest gets, you know, or whoever has the final word wins the argument. And all I ever want to do, whether we're talking about Democrats or Republicans or Cubs versus Sox or this Christianity versus Judy, whatever it is. I just want to have a uh, discussion with somebody who allows me to speak, to listen to me, and I will grant them that same privilege. And it so rarely happens. Like we have a few friends that we have fun arguments with. Yeah, we do. And it's a great thing because we listen to each other. And I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't happen enough these well, days. Well, we have a
1: forum to be heard with certain people where because that's really all each of us wants. I don't have a desire to do this show and convince people to think exactly like I do. First of all, that's scary. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be right. because you should have your own perception and life experiences where you can teach other people and talk to other people about yours. But I also want to be able to hear other people because it, you know one of my favorite um, metaphors or stories, it's a Buddhist story, a Zen uh, Buddhist story about the empty cup mm. in that most of us arrive in a conversation as a full cup and what that means is we've already made all of our decisions we already have all of our beliefs and we're just basically waiting to say yeah but we're just we're so full we can't hear and when you are really in a conversation the best way to come to a conversation is as an empty cup where you can hear what someone is saying without needing to be right maybe i mean I gotta incorporate the human element. Maybe you're a half cup.
0: Yeah, right. You know. Yeah, maybe it's a, it's really hard to come up with with it empty, empty. But maybe just leave some space to leave be space. to to be convinced otherwise.
1: Exactly. Or not even be convinced to understand someone. He wasn't trying to say, Kathy, you need to think like me. He's trying to say, hmm, mm. I listen to you, and I don't think you have the right perspective of how maybe some other people are thinking. Right. So he's not saying, Kathy, think like me. He's saying, can I give you my viewpoint? So then instead of you thinking it's all about, you know, Mm. one thing, you're seeing that we, you know, because I wrote back to him, I I wrote back to him, uh, exactly what I think he was trying to tell me. And that's kind of like what we do in when we're listening to people, we reflect back what we think they're trying to tell us. And, you know, he's just trying to say that, you know, he doesn't want money From his, and he's not, he's speaking for the population, but money from their own business to be put towards something that they find morally objectionable. And I can understand that. You can
0: understand it without agreeing with it. Without
1: agreeing with it, meaning I get that, but I also think that there's a way that, you know. I also believe that it's a medical right for women and it's not, it's, you know, so I don't need to go into it.
0: Well, and it's funny because this all comes on the, you know, what's going on right now in the news. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a lot of unrest going on between Israel and the Palestinians. And, um, you know, you know, this is a very small, microscopic example of arguments, but really that's all any argument is about. So now we got Israel and Hamas like battling again. yeah, And it's really two sets of people that cannot understand what the other one is They can't is walk in each say. other's shoes. And I'm not be- going to begin to try to explain what the fighting is all about. I mean, it goes through thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. But really, that's what it's about. I don't understand you. And if we can come to a point in our place, in our lives, whether it's with our Brother, or a sister, or a wife, or a husband, or our kids, come to the discussion with a half-empty cup,
1: and and be you know I and I am going to try and really dissect this so you guys don't hear this in the cliche way it's used. You've got to be. The change you're looking for. You cannot point at other countries and say, oh, they're so crazy, or point across the political aisle and say, oh, they're so crazy, if you are not willing to be at least a half empty cup and be open to listening to other people and respecting their opinion, even if you agree
0: to disagree. And if we can start from that point, from that point, everybody, everything else would be better.
1: And when Todd and I say from that point with your spouse, Mm -hmm. quit thinking you need to win every argument. Don't overpower people, state your opinion, but then listen with respect with your children. Listen to what they have to say you are the adult, but that doesn't mean you're right about everything. Mm -hmm. You want to know why? Because it's not your life. It's their life. And if they don't like something or if they're saying they're cold, like it's funny because um, yesterday Skyler got in the car and she got in the way back seat. (laughs) And um, she offered to get in the back seat too. It was really sweet. She was trying to do a good thing. Like, okay, I'll get in the way back seat. And then it was kind of warm in the car, so I'm turning on the air. And then like we started driving and she's like, it's so hot. And she was crying, crying, crying. And and again, it gets on your nerves. Like, you know, the air is on, and so I said, "Todd, go back there and see what it's like back there." And he went, and he's like, oh, it's really hot mm-hmm. back here." And I could have totally seen myself, even
0: though the air was on, it, it wasn't was still getting back there, hot back and there, and it would have been easy for me to, from the front say, seat, saying, "Skyler, be quiet." Yeah, it's cold. The air is blowing cold. Give it a few more minutes. You
1: said you were going to go back there. Quit complaining about why you're back there. I and mean, again, I would never really. You know, right. speak to them, but that's what goes through my head. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, stop it. And I actually ended up pulling over mm-hmm. and saying, okay, let's fix your vent. Mm-hmm. Because, And what I mean by that is that's a small thing, but that's called listening to your child. Mm-hmm. If she is upset and crying and saying she's hot, who are we to say, no, you're not?
0: Like we receive that as you're making my life more difficult right? right. and I'm going to squash you right. and make you feel bad or make you cry. Or tell you how you should feel. Or tell you how you should feel instead of just trying to walk in their shoes. How difficult was it to pull over?
1: And how much does it suck to be in the back of a hot car? Mm -hmm. Now, the irony or the interesting thing is, is that we, the day before that, we had piled a bunch of people into our car and I happened to be in the way back seat Mm -hmm. and it was so hot. And I was between, you know, two of our kids and I was like, oh, my God, it sucks back here. So I had just had that personal experience. And I guess we forget. We start to think. I don't want to deal with it. Therefore, you must be wrong. So anyway, I just wanted to say um, Charles listens to the show and he and I emailed back and forth a little bit. I just want to say, Charles, thank you for sending that um, beautiful message to me so respectfully and for sharing of yourself. And um, I just appreciate you being another wonderful, teachable moment for this show, uh, for me personally and also for the show. Yeah.
0: And I'm kind of proud of the way that it was all handled because... Um, it's just easy to get emotional about things, sure. and to well, judge. and we're
1: human. And here's and here's the thing: I'm not saying that when someone starts explaining the other side to me, that I don't have an emotional response because yeah. I want to come back and say, "What about this?" And it's what about, about that? finding the space. It, it's about listening. Finding
0: the space in between the stimulus, which is somebody's expressing an opinion that you wholeheartedly disagree with. Yes, and. Finding that space so then you can come back and respond in a thoughtful, meaningful, in the respectful way, way.
1: that I would want someone to respond to me. Yeah. That's what be the change is. If I am talking to someone who doesn't understand my viewpoint, I would hope that they would continue to listen. And if I'm face-to-face with them, look me in the eye and validate and respect what I have to say. It doesn't mean that they will agree. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there.
0: You know who I agree with? Me? John J. Kelly, dentist extraordinaire. We're
1: going to see him Thursday. It's
0: not your father's dentist, no, sweetie. No,
1: he's the abnormal dentist. This
0: is the new and improved dentist. Um, so he is our family dentist, and he's doing a lot of things with our kids right now regarding their teeth. And But I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on another service he provides mm-hmm. called... Uh, Invisalign teeth straightening. It's the, it's the clear braces. You know, you, you know it's, yeah, like absolutely. A, it's, it's like, like a, a mouth guard. Yeah, it's a marth, mouthpiece. Um, with his expertise, you can have the smile you always wanted to without the pain and anxiety of metal braces. You know when I needed this? when
1: you had braces for 12 years
0: i had braces for five years yes. and todd
1: went to drake with braces.
0: one of those was in college and you want to talk about being a ladies man in college showing up as a freshman at college drake university i had metal braces he smiled a lot so everyone could be really attracted my, to him. my composite picture for my fraternity <laughs> i had braces oh wow and um so anyways uh i wish i would have known that john kelly did that back well then. he was
1: your age at the time, so yes. he probably couldn't have helped you. Yeah, he
0: was probably at college doing what college people do at yes, that time. Yes. So, anyways, fifty three fifty West Devon Avenue in Chicago. He does a lot of different things. We talk about him every week, but this is one of the many things that he does for um, the community around Chicago, Illinois. Seven seven three six three one sixty eight forty four. All right. So now we're gonna play a little clip. It's hard to hear, but he what's gaps.
1: I don't know, gaps. she's got gaps, I got gaps together. we're full gaps, I don't
0: know all right that, could, that sounded really bad. I know, but that's the best I could find. I okay. looked for a while so that's Rocky. C- if you couldn't tell that was Rocky Balboa. who is he talking to, Paulie? Yeah, he's in the meat market. so is
1: Polly asking him what he sees in his sister in
0: Adrian? Yes, because he doesn't he he thinks oh, his sister's Adrian's, a chump.
1: she's really like shy and covers up, and, and he
0: doesn't understand why anybody would like his sister.
1: right, well, in Rocky three, she's like a hottie.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but she's becomes more attractive.
1: She's well, even in Rocky Two she looks better.
0: Yeah, every movie she improves a little bit.
1: Right. And she was fine as she was in Rocky One. She just didn't want to be seen. She
0: had the glasses going on. Well and
1: she would cover herself up.
0: And that trench coat with the hat.
1: Yeah. Remember the tiger? Hey, Mr. Tiger.
0: (laughs) I remember that. I wish I could find that part. So why did we play that?
1: So because Todd and I say that quote a lot around the house. It's about relationships. Okay. It's about relationships. And when he's saying, I got gaps. You got gaps. gaps."
0: Together we got gaps. You know.
1: Okay. Gaps to me are baggage. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all have places. Where we are challenged, we all have struggles, we all have a history, we all have a past that we're um, still trying to reconcile, we all have worries, we all have our own crap. And so when he says we got gaps, you know, I, we all got gaps. And Todd posted a a, a great uh, Facebook post the Thank other day. Thank you. Yes. That said, um, we all have baggage. It's just finding the person who will allow us to unpack it right. or who will help us unpack it. Right. And so, you know, when we look around and say, oh, I want to be with someone or I wish my significant other didn't have this baggage, you know, that's sorry, mm-hmm. we're human beings. Um, and that's we all have our experiences and our history. And what we need is someone to be able to hold space for us. We've talked about this on the show before, but I'll define. Holding space means being able to sit with someone else just as they are and hear who they are and listen to what they have to say and have compassion for their experience. Again, this is similar to the situation with Charles. Rather than trying to make them different, tell them they should be different, um, at the same time, here's the paradox, at the same time, you can share who you are too. You know, like if someone is not treating you well, it doesn't mean you sit there and hold the space and accept them for, you know, not treating you well. You say to them this is not okay Stand with up me. for yourself. But you also don't walk around saying they should be different, they should be different, they should be different without at least telling them right. what you're needing from them. Right. That is probably my biggest challenge as a therapist, coach, and friend is when I have someone tell me how much someone else is driving them crazy. And then I will say, well, when you share this with them, what do they say? And they'll say, well, I didn't tell them.
0: And that happens a lot.
1: A lot. I would say like 82% of the time.
0: So uh, let's put it. You have to tell, you have to talk to people. Let's give an example in our marriage. Okay. Um, Can you think of anything that, let's say, I don't know, we should have planned ahead, but what is an example of something that it doesn't happen because oh, well, pretty- I
1: have an, I have a good example. Wow. I mean, I can bring up a bunch of them and I don't mean cause we, cause you have a bunch of issues. I just mean because I'm so conscious of the conversations we've had. Right. There was one that we had a couple of weeks ago on this show about how you would talk on the phone in the car yes. and how it would affect my system. Right. And I can either, you can either talk on the phone in the car and I don't say anything and then I become passive aggressive and be mad or I like, Take it in, and then two weeks later, if we're having an argument. I yell at you and say, "Well, you always talk on the phone in the car, and like use it against you." Mm-hmm. Rather than either in that moment or at a, at another time, saying when you're on the phone and I'm present, can you use the handheld so I don't have to be present for that conversation? Not because you're wrong and everyone should do it that way, but because I take responsibility for the fact that I am pretty sensitive and get way too invested in your conversation. And so I take responsibility for that. I don't say you're wrong, I'm right. I'm saying because of who I am, I can't handle it.
0: Well, and what's interesting is what this boils down to, at least in some of the examples that we've experienced lately, is that people sometimes like to complain yes, and they don't like to do anything about it. Right. So let's say you might say that to your mom saying, Todd's driving me crazy about, uh, or with the phone in the car. Yeah. And your mom or would say- Eating your nails. Or biting my nails. Yes. And your mom would say, well, what does he say when you say, hey- Please don't do that. And, and
1: I'll say, well, I'm not going to tell him.
0: Right. And I'm like- and People expend so much energy complaining, complaining. about something- yeah. And it's not like we're above it. It happens to us too. But for the most part, we're pretty good at standing up for ourselves for the, ben- for the benefit of the relationship. Yeah, You know, you have to communicate that. And, you know, some people might say, well, I told him last year and he didn't listen.
1: You got it. And, and the thing is, is you have to find another way to bring it up in a respectful way where you can be heard. Mm-hmm. One thing that I have learned through experience is that expressing how you feel about something can make the whole thing go away. And what I mean is really what drives us crazy is not what the other person is doing. It's our inability to speak our truth. So hear me out on this. Sometimes we decide to be annoyed at someone for a a little habit or something that they do and we get continually frustrated at them and it builds up in resentment, but really you got to hold, you know, stay with me on this, we're annoyed at ourselves for not expressing what we need to express. And it doesn't mean that, that then they're off the hook. It just means sometimes when I just say to Todd, this is how I feel, I'm so relieved that I shared of myself right. that I almost don't even notice anymore. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like me being truthful and being honest and being forthcoming about who I am, it like deflates the huge balloon. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, and it's... Uh, what was I going to say? Um, I don't remember. I don't know what I was going to say. Well,
1: it, and it's funny because... Oh, jeez.
0: This is our theme. It
1: is. It's a big strong hand. Even though Madonna's, well, kind of our theme. She's... She's what? She's talking about...
0: Sex? Making
1: it... No, no, but uh, she's making it about him.
0: Oh. Well, I don't listen to the words. Okay. I just know that it's called Express Yourself. But um that's kind of what we're saying. You gotta do it respectfully, but you gotta right. stand up.
1: Well, you gotta express yourself and then you can actually have a real conversation rather than thinking that everything they do is bad, because mm-hmm. if you do, it's gonna build up, build up, build up. You're gonna use it against them in an argument, you're gonna create stories in your head about what an awful person they are. You're gonna start making stuff up. Like people will spin those kind of stories into a story about how that person's not right for them and how that person doesn't get them. And then I'll be like Well, when you explain that you need this or that, what's their response? They'll be like, well, I haven't explained it to them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they can't do anything
0: until you share. They have built a story in in their head. Let's say it's whatever, you talking to your mom about how bad I am. I can't, you built a story in your head like I wouldn't listen anyways, even though you haven't given me an opportunity to say, let's work through this.
1: Because you know what we're really afraid of, Todd, is being rejected. That's right. So, we would rather not say anything and complain to somebody and else. Complain to someone else out of the fear of rejection. Because here's the thing when we are sharing something of ourselves, we're being completely vulnerable, mask is off, we're saying something that really disturbs us or worries us or concerns us. And if somebody retaliates or doesn't listen or, you know, rejects us in some way, then it's a huge blow.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, here's the deal. And if somebody were to do that, it's a perceived. Path of least resistance, and what I mean by that is, they are tr- they are doing this because it's just it would be so much harder to actually have this discussion with my uh, husband. I see what you're saying, and those add up to the point where all of a sudden you realize you don't know your partner exactly. So th- it's not the least resistance. This is actually the heaviest load you can do by not coming to it. It's like the day to day. Moment as to moment hard stuff. as it
1: feels in the moment, it's the easier path. Yes, because if you take care of things when they happen, and and please hear me, because Todd and I have had deep talks about this, and Todd will always say what a man's huge concern is, or what he hears from people that drives them crazy is if a woman and I'm putting this in quote nag. Yes, as a woman, it doesn't mean every time you have. You know, it, it's not it's not about being disrespectful or telling a man they need to do everything for you or that they need to do everything right. It's about being very specific yeah. and self-compassionate and compassionate towards your significant other. I, it, Todd, the thing about the uh, um, nail chewing is a really interesting one because Todd his nails, which I don't care that you chew your nails, but what he does when he does it, do it in the microphone. He clicks them. So that affects me. It makes me kind of, kind of shocks my system. And he always does it in the car or if we're watching a movie. And so what I'll do is I'll just kind of move his hand. Right. Now, the only reason I move his hand is because we've had so many conversations about it that I don't need to go into the big blah, blah, blah. But what he said to me the other day in the, car in the car is when you move my hand, sometimes it makes me feel There's
0: like, a cavemanish part of me that says, don't change fix me. me. Right. Don't change me. And maybe some of kind of how you're doing. It. Like you're putting my, you're you're literally taking your hand and moving, moving my hand. your hand, right? and you're basically just reminding me because I do it subconsciously. Right. I don't even know That's I'm doing it. That's
1: The thing is, I'm not trying to be like, oh, you're doing this but, again. But
0: there's there's a very old school cavemanish part of me that says. You know, I I am evolved enough to know that the bigger part is you're doing this because it's driving you crazy and you know me well enough that I don't want to drive you crazy.
1: Well, and, you know, so Todd said that part of me comes up where it's like, oh, my God, don't fix me. And here's the way I look at it. I have like so many times kindly said to you, when you chew your nails, it like really grates on me, especially if it's quiet and we're in the car and it kind of drives me crazy. So I don't care if you chew your nails, do that wherever you want. But when you and I are sitting next to each other and so I could also flip that on him and say – you don't listen to me because mm-hmm. you keep doing it. Right. But the thing is, is that's a, that's a whole game mm-hmm. because really just like Todd said, he's subconsciously is... chewing his nails. He's not saying, I think I'm going to piss Kathy Sweetie, off Sweetie, right what now. about
0: my toenail clipper the other day? Oh my God, that was day. the funniest thing. What so, happened?
1: <laughs> so, okay, Todd got up early to play basketball.
0: And my nails, I haven't cut my toenails in like a month.
1: Okay, so his toenails were really long. So I was in bed, heard him get up, but I was still totally in like a good sleep space. So he goes into the bathroom. He doesn't close the door. He didn't go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. He went into our bathroom. He doesn't close the yeah, door. Yeah, I put
0: my foot on the side of the tub he so it's in, easier for me to clip the nail. And so
1: he's going to clip his toenails. This so, is at 530 in the morning. At 530 in the morning. So he starts clipping his toenails. It's that same kind of sound, that clip.
0: It's kind of a higher pitched clip, I think, too. And so
1: because I was so tired and I didn't feel like saying, please close the door, or I didn't want to say anything because I'm, you know, when you just don't want to wake yourself up. So I started counting because I thought once he gets to 10, he's done. So he gets to 10 toenails. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to like totally ease back into my sleep. And then... Here come more. Yeah. And I'm like, do you have more toes than
0: ten? No, what happens is my big toe, even my second my big toe and my second toe, it requires at least two clips. My okay. big toe might require three. Okay. So you need to count to about twenty next time I okay. do this.
1: I guess because it it made me kind of laugh in my sleep because it was like a story I'd created like once <laughs> he's at ten, we're good. And it was like a it was like a and you know. probably
0: every subsequent one subsequent one after ten was more and more grating against your system. And
1: I started to get a visual in my head of you having like 13 toes. I'm like, (laughs) what's he doing now? Um, And so the thing is, is that was a one-time thing. We didn't have to have a deep talk about it. We laughed about that more than anything. Sense of
0: humor. We talked about that too. You got to have laughter. If you can bring, we all have annoying things that our partner does, but if you can come at it with a sense of humor You are in much better shape.
1: I know one of my annoying
0: things. What is it?
1: Um, And you would have a better idea of what's annoying to you. But I can tell through our time together is
0: that Todd will ask me a simple question. I'll talk about it for a really long time. And sometimes I'm ready for that. And other times (laughs) I just want to know if we have frozen chicken in the freezer.
1: (laughs) it just i can tell by his face like he'll say like well he goes you know he'll say something like do you think we need to do this and i'll be like you know what i have been thinking about this right and here's the way i look at this and i'll just go on and on and on and he'll like start to look down and i'll be like okay i'm gonna stop i'll
0: zone out i i need like i need to give you a hand signal like you're losing
2: me you're losing
1: me but the but is it's not but i should be doing it and you should be okay with it but the but is that is the way I think so. Like I can laugh at myself, and but I'm not going to say, oh, I'm bad for doing that. No. Like it's, I'm self-compassion and that that's just who I am. But I can also be respectful enough to my husband to understand that
0: he doesn't need a soliloquy. Sometimes I'll take the soliloquy and I don't have a sign on my forehead saying I am ready for a deep discussion. So you are sometimes have to guess. Like sometimes I am not in the mood to... I just want a yes or no answer. Well, and
1: most of the time what I do is kind of whatever comes naturally and then I notice your response. Yeah. Either you've looked down, looked You're away. Tuning in. So I'm tuning into what and so I re- No. And so I realize that you aren't interested. And so I kind of just laugh and go back. And part of that is because we're able to do that because we've had conversations about these things that could be something that could drive a couple to really fight because Mm -hmm. they haven't discussed the fact because you know what one of them could have said oh my god you talk too much you shouldn't talk too much versus understanding that that's who that person is and saying i love that you talk a lot but i can't be available every time you need to say something that's right
0: Pick pick your battles. pick your battles okay um, I want to see if I can pull up, because I think we did a show before about fighting fair or fighting nice.
1: We talked about not getting the Achilles.
0: Um, There's one, 11 mistakes I made as a husband and why I'm better for it. Maybe we talked about fighting nice on that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, that's uh, ZenParentingRadio.com slash 157. So let's move on to, um, should we talk about Charles real quick? Same guy, Charles. He wrote uh, something in right after he did his... Um, his uh voicemail thing i discovered zen parenting on the pink floyd episode
1: yeah it was a good one that was a good one in, and interesting it was the pink floyd episode because roger waters wrote the song mother mm. but we actually used natalie Maines' version yes, of we the did. song mother
0: and have listened to just about every episode since then and went back to listen to a few older ones too our son is only a year and a half but i really believe in planning ahead in fact i would love to hear you and todd talk about preparing for future stages in our children's lives at some point if you have thoughts on this topic Uh, As for Hobby Lobby, I'm elated just to know that you're able to take the time to read and consider my email.
1: Thank you, Charles.
0: Your show is certainly helping to make me a better person and a better parent. Thank you so much.
1: Chuck. Okay, so... What I would say to that, Charles and everybody else, because planning, I actually emailed back and said, yeah, Todd is much more of the planner out of the two of us. I think that there is a a really wonderful balance between being mindful and present and planning because sometimes if one or the other is way out of balance, it can cause a problem. If we are way too present, we're like, Oh, forget it, yeah, I'm not going to save, I'm not going to yeah. I'm not gonna care about paying Throw the bills. Throw caution to the wind. Right. Then we have a problem. Right. It's going to be difficult to have any sense of stability for our family. Yeah. But if we focus only on planning and preparing and being ready for the next thing, mm-hmm. then we're not present for what's truly happening. So that's kind of the, you know, like everything, the yin and yang, the light and dark, like you have to be able to experience both simultaneously. Well,
0: and hopefully you found a partner that if you're more the organized, structured, you found somebody to balance you out the other way. Or even in yourself, if you know that typically you are overly organized, you find a way to kind of balance that out within yourself.
1: Yeah, that's you're so right. Like if you don't have it, sometimes it works out with your partner where you're like, they're the opposite of me, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you and your partner are really similar, then you got to find that within.
0: Or you go against your own comfort or your own pattern. Your pattern Mm -hmm. is I have to be so, so organized or I have to be so disorganized and I don't care about anything it'll be against your comfort level to do something different. But you if you know, if you kind of look at it with a bird's eye view and you know that it's not in your highest good to only be this way. Mm-hmm. Like I worry about college tuition all the time. And then I took you to New York and we spent some money right. and all that. And I didn't, there's a part of me is like, what are you doing, Todd? You're about to spend this amount of money and that can go towards college tuition. I went against my own comfort pattern and sometimes you just got to say what the heck
1: or did you go against or did you question it because going against sounds like a fight against the the thing is is we got we have to understand that it's okay to to plan for the future and it's okay to set money aside and to be thoughtful about what we spend like i think that's one of the biggest gifts of ever not having money in your lifetime Mm -hmm. which you know I have been, um, you know, I I grew up in a middle-class family, but when I lived on my own, oh my gosh, I made $16,000 my first year in Chicago. Was your
0: paycheck like $200? Yeah, it was
1: like nothing. And my point is, is when I, I lived a very long time with no money, right. like where I, am, you know, I went from one job as a teacher and then went to school to become a social worker. Yeah. Neither of those things pay. Okay. So when you live that way, you start to view the world that way. You're thoughtful about your choices. You, you know, you try and, you know, if you're going to do this, then you won't do this. You balance everything. You balance so that's good but I also believe and this is where I kind of come in with Todd is that we do if there is something we love or that is meaningful to us and we can access the money in a certain way we should do it mm-hmm. and not always be saying later later right. later like because there you do have to be And it's something that is really wonderful if you save for it, or if you know you have a windfall. um, Maybe put half the windfall in savings and utilize the other half. Some people are too severe one way or the other; they're either like spending everything they have, or they're just not even living their lives. Well,
0: I've said to you on many occasions that, like whether it's my Christmas bonus or whatever, what gets me the most excited is
1: putting it in the bank. Is
0: is literally (laughs) filling out the deposit slip.
1: And and I'm with you in some ways. Meaning, I when you and I get money from work or from Christmas or from family, we don't go out and decide what we're going to buy.
0: No, but it's like um, I am out of balance in that way. And what I mean by that is I have a lot of appreciation for delayed gratification.
1: Delayed Good, good, good. And yeah.
0: there's sometimes when forget about delaying it and go to New York. And just do it.
1: And do a little bit of both. Maybe not every time. Right. But if you have been working hard, and you know what? Here's the thing, is New York is not all all about spending money. Mm -hmm. New York is about respite. Mm -hmm. New York is about doing something that keeps you alive and awake. New York is, and we're using New York as a metaphor here, New York is about um, making sure... Because
0: I surprised Kathy with a trip to New York about two weeks ago or something like that. But
1: that's how I feel about conferences. Some of the conferences I go to are really expensive. And... you know, I only do one or two a year, but it's I, an
0: investment. It's
1: an investment in and, me, and
0: New York is an investment in, in our relationship. Us. And without the kids, exactly. And it, you don't have to go to New York. You can you can go to, go ho- to
1: Wisconsin. Go
0: to Wisconsin. Go to a hotel. That's go- right play miniature golf. It doesn't matter what it is, but do something without your kids because eventually these kids are going to move out and we're going to be looking at each other. And if we didn't, because I've said this a million times, but a lot of times people, uh, parents pour all of their resources into being a parent and not uh, being a husband or a wife. And then, they, their kid, their, their youngest kid turns 22. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I don't know who this person is. What happened
1: to us? And one thing I I used to do a lot of self-care presentations. And the thing that I would hear all the time is, you know, and it was usually moms, they would say to me, well, all that sounds great, but uh, we, in our budget, we don't have money for a sitter. We can't make that happen. You know, that is not what we're going to put money toward. And even though I I am not looking at their budget so I really don't know I know that I you know I'm surrounded by a lot of women and we make time and money for our hair mm-hmm. and we make time and money to make sure that we get our kids these clothes yeah. and we make time and money to make sure they go to this event and so we do have a choice there yeah. we could say my relationship or my time by myself is so valuable because it actually affects the way that I am with myself and my yeah. family but we don't make it a priority right. we say it's a selfish thing. Yeah. So that's the other thing is you always have choices. So anyway, so I hope that was helpful. We were speaking somewhat generically yeah. and not specifically. I don't know. Hopefully. Um, but hopefully it was helpful.
0: So I don't know if I want to just close the show because we have oh we have a few things left actually. And I will save the hit and run topics for next okay. week. Okay. Um but first I wanted to talk a little bit about what we have coming up. Because all the people who listen to the end of this podcast are our true blue fans.
1: If you're listening right now, then...
0: And maybe they'll meet us on August 9th at Green Fair on the Fox in Batavia, Illinois from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. It is a... um, it features, it's an eco marketplace, local businesses, organizations, individuals. It's like a fair. Who, it's a fair who raise awareness on sustainable living, physical fitness, and healthy living. Participants will enjoy food, live music, demonstrations, and fun activities. We're going to be there. Zen Parenting Radio. Come find our booth. Is going to have a booth. We have a tent and everything. We bought a tent. Which makes it official.
1: We're, we're serious now. We
0: bought a green tent on eBay for $139. And we have a sign? And we have a sign because the one on Amazon was like, one hundred ninety dollars. No, it so was I,
1: like two hundred thirty-five dollars. So I
0: saved a hundred bucks. Yes, thrifty mix saves See, a lot.
1: We decided to buy the tent, but we got it at a cheaper price. That's
0: the balance. I know. I love it. Um, so that's our first thing that we have coming up. Our next thing we have coming up on September eleventh, we have a, a screening of a documentary called "The Race to Nowhere" at Field School in Elmhurst. All the stuff will be in our show notes. So, and it's
1: not just us; it's Field PTA, Field PTA, thank B-U. you.
0: BU and Zen Parenting Radio. So yes, um, and there's a limited amount of tickets. So if you want to do that, get on our website, go to our show notes for ZenParentingRadio.com slash 184.
1: Or just go on my website or Zen Parenting and click events.
0: Right. A lot of different ways you can get there. Um, we can't forget about our iTunes reviews or oh, our Amazon link. I want to talk about that. Um, Can you explain what the uh, Amazon link is, sweetie? So
1: Amazon link is, if you go to our page, there's an Amazon link or an Amazon box. And if you click on it and then start your shopping from that point, BU gets a small percentage of whatever you spend. Now, what's interesting is it's not your money. We're getting a kickback from Amazon. So it's just like this little, if you do that one click. It doesn't cost you
0: anything extra. It doesn't
1: charge you at all. It just just helps us. It's showing Amazon that you are using Amazon because of our website.
0: Uh, And our iTunes review, we got four of them in the last week or so. Um, Nana2269 gave us five stars, simply the best. Uh, Isophilo, excellent five stars, thank you. Family Partner gave us five stars. Uh, He or she said it was refreshing. Oh, good. And Swiss Miss, number 111, inspirational five stars. Thank you. Thank you to all you people. I think you guys deserve a clap for that. Yes. Um, and then you have two books Zen parenting or self-aware parent part one and two, your third book is gonna, it's,
1: it's where it's, it's in the process of being edited. So I'm much farther along than I was a month ago.
0: Um, and then the last promotional thing I want to mention is the, um, you can get all of Kathy's blogs, all of our podcasts sent to you via email directly. You just need to go to either zenparentingradio.com. And click on subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio or go to your website, which is com, And we'll, everything will be sent to, to you. Okay. And then lastly, our daughters. Two of our daughters. Two of our daughters.
1: Skylar's not on there. Two of our daughters and their two friends.
0: Skylar was the director. Oh. So this is just 45 or 50 seconds of silliness. So just bear with us, all right?
2: Hello. This is Crunchy Apple Crunch featuring JC Adams and Flanagan. Cameron Adams. And Mary Flanagan. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to our new episode, season one, episode one. The new fruit of the day is... Kiwi Kiwi slime
1: (laughs) slush!
0: Yikes.
2: Now let's describe our wonderful fruit. There's nothing better than starting the day off with it. It's great to have in your tummy while running. (laughs) Nothing better definitely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> see, see you, you next, next week on crunchy apple crunch, crunch!
1: Woo! Job, um everybody. will we see them next week because i it didn't make sense to me
0: we gotta work out some kinks with them <laughs> that's all i gotta say um we and need
1: to, we need to vet our uh
0: yeah our
1: kids or, a little bit. but you
0: know what i pro- i made a promise when dads make promises God, you're going to do it. You, you, By gosh. By goodness gracious. If you
1: told them they would be on, they were on. And you know what? They actually did write all that out and they had a ball. So I, it doesn't matter that it didn't make sense to us. They <laughs>
0: had a So thrill. thank you for listening. Thank and, you, everybody. And, and it's funny because they have no interest in Zen Parenting Radio. So- today's show might be the first one that they ever listen to yes Um,
1: good job girls good
0: job ladies and then our last partner is Avid Company painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area 630-956-1800 avidco.net and um, we'll do our closing music
1: that's it I hear children upstairs that's it so I think they need us they probably do okay thanks Ted
0: thanks Kathy (laughs) talk to you later bye keep trucking keep trucking